welcome to the Commonweal Theater Podcast. Today we've got a great interview with Jeremy Van Meter, longtime company member and development team member. Jeremy and I talk about the upcoming season. He's playing Father Flynn in Doubt in the fall. It's a big role. We talk about that, what it's like to take on such an intense project. We talk about one of his other projects this year, which is a one-man show, Circumference of a Squirrel, what it's like to be directed by your wife. <laughs> talk about some auditions, what the audition process is like. We share some stories about auditioning, give some advice. There's some really good stuff in there. You don't want to miss anything, so stay tuned. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Commonweal Podcast. Uh, my name is Josiah Laubenstein, and I'm here with a longtime company member, Jeremy Van Meter. Yeah. Yeah. How many? How many years has it been? This is nine. Nine this years. This year starts year. starts nine years. Wow. Yeah. That's like, it's almost a decade. It's the, it's the longest I've ever held, held the same, job with the same, with the same organization. <laughs> um, so it's um, we're at milestone, I guess. Yeah, you know? sort of. That's pretty big. I mean, nine is, is like I don't know, maybe seven years longer than I've ever held. <laughs> so I think two is my limit. So I think you're doing pretty well. Um, yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, yeah. So uh, this is the beginning of the 2020 season. Um, you're in a couple of shows this year. Is there anything you feel like you're looking forward to? Uh, this year more than others? Or? Um, well, of course, uh, doubt is, yeah. it's, I mean, that's, the, that's a thing that, that's always been on the radar. It's been on your list for a long time. It has, yeah, and it's, um, it's just one of those, it's one of those roles that it's, there's, there's so much to sink your teeth into, and I think as an actor, yeah. John Patrick Shanley, he just writes that, he writes in that style. Uh, and it's like there's not there's not a wasted line, mm-hmm. there's nothing in it that's cheap. Uh, it it really is something that as an actor it's like, oh my gosh, what an amazing character to to delve into. Not that others aren't that. Um, yeah. But you know, in some cases you get into a show and you get into rehearsal and you're like, okay, I know what I'm doing. This is this is fairly right. simple. I've got the process down. I just learn the lines and it's a pretty simple pretty simple person to to play yeah but then you get these guys that it's so not that yeah i, I like what you said about no wasted line because I, I when i found out we were doing it i reread it again just recently like a month ago and it makes me think of this one moment where uh they're getting coffee and she asks him how like one lump or two of sugar and he says three and it just like reveals so much about this guy, and it reveals so much about the relationship between the two people. Right. I mean, it's just there's nothing that's wasted in it. There's no like fat on the body. It's yeah. all serving a purpose, which is I think kind of rare in plays. Uh, so. Yeah. So having been here as long as I have, and 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 built the relationship with our patrons that I have, it's it's just another chance to show another another side of myself yeah that perhaps uh, someone hasn't seen yet um do you feel like i mean this is like you said this is a very layered character you're kind of getting in depth do you feel like maybe this is i don't know like the biggest challenge yet that you faced here or do you i mean does this compare with some others that people may have seen you in um i guess the one that comes to mind is uh ibsen's brand Oh yeah. Um, that was, I mean, as far as as far as the most challenging mountain to climb here <laughs> since I've been here, that was that was the one that um, there were several times where I was like, I'm not going to pull this off. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, but I think as far as as far as the type of character that he is, I think that's that's the one that matches up or or compares. Yeah. As far as just how layered uh, the onion is, um, you just just pull it back, you know. And I think you know having um, being able to work alongside of Adrian, especially, is 
something that I'm really looking forward to. It's been a while since we've had the chance to, to, to spend that much time together on stage. And um, it's, just a, it's just a joy, you know, to, to be in an ensemble of people that you, there's, there's no mistrust. You know, and there's no getting to know somebody. It's like Adrian and I know each other really well, and I think mm -hmm. that's what's going to help make those sparks just even hotter. Yeah, you know that, that the person in the scene with you is going to push back and it's going right. to give you that balance and that yeah. force that you need to push against. Yeah. Um, you, you, you sort of said that, like with Brond, you knew kind of like when you're in it, you're like, I might drown in these waters. Um, what do you do in those moments as an actor <clears throat> when you sort of feel like, can I, am I going to pull this off? What do you kind of, how do you, how do you tell yourself to continue? Or how do you tell it, what's the, how do you navigate out of that feeling? I think it's easier as an older actor. Mm -hmm. uh, I think because you just, you just fall back on, on the process. Mm. And uh, my wife has a great mantra that she, she tells herself uh, quite often. Um, when she gets in those positions, you take a breath and you say, I got this. I, I do know how to do this. I have several years of experience uh, doing this. Um, uh, I'm, you know, university and professionally trained right. to do this. Um, and you really do just, you really do just fall back, fall back on that. Um, and you, you realize that it, it may be, uh, it may be hard to see at the moment but you're gonna find your way through. Hmm. Uh, and you just take it step by step and moment by moment. Um, keep connecting with the other, with the other person. Yeah. It's not all about you. <laughs> um, and then, and then make it about that. And then if you're, if there's if the if there's not another person to to grab onto or connect with, um, then you just make it about about the story. Yeah. Um, and, and just really reconnecting with, okay, what's the story that I'm trying to tell? Yeah. Um, and the simplest way to tell it. And then, inevitably, all the time, it does come together. <laughs> and you get to opening night, and you're like, holy crap, what, what was I really worried about? Yeah. Yeah, I kind of, it makes me feel like that first time you ride a bike, if you can, like, remember that feeling of, it's not going to work, it's not going to work, it's not going to work. And then... Yeah, you realize like someone's let go, and you're kind of like, oh, I'm balancing somehow, some way. I'm managing to stay up. That's how it feels like when you're trying to pull off something difficult. Yeah, and all of a sudden it just sort of like, oh, I shouldn't be balancing, but I am. And, yeah, and it's working. It's like anything you do for the first time. It's like yeah. I remember the first time I ever flew in a plane. Oh yeah, I was like, this is nuts. <laughs> you know, I'm like, this is no. I mean, yeah. what is? You shouldn't be doing. Well, I'm like, I don't even understand the physics of this, but. You know, you then you get up in the air and you're like, "Hey, this is pretty fucking cool." Yeah. You know. Um, Which again, and, I think, like you said, if you take it uh, from a huge perspective, like I am flying through the air, it's it's overwhelming. But if you go through all the minute little steps of it, like okay, right. someone built this part and they attached it to this part, and like you know, this is people have checked and, and they have years of experience yeah, doing exactly. that the pilot has flown a hundred million thousand times a year they know what they're doing and they're gonna you know if something happens they're gonna know what to do yeah. to try to get us safely down um but um maybe perfect segue into into something else um the first time you do something um is um it's horrifying yeah um, so, um, yeah, uh, first time in my career, uh, I'm doing a solo performance piece, yeah. um, and it, it scares me to death, and it's one thing, it's always the thing that I said, I don't have it in me. Hmm. Like, my wife has done two, she's written one of her own, um, and I just go, and then people ask me, don't you want to do something like that? I'll be like, no way. <laughs> like, I don't, I just don't have it in me. Yeah. And it's not, it, it's, it, it, I guess it's not lack of, of, of talent or experience or whatever, it, or passion to do it. Um, it really is just, 
I, I, as an actor, I thrive on the other person. Yeah. And now there's no, the other, the other people are me. The other voices are mine. Yeah. Um, yeah. For, uh, I have, I've only acted with you like once, two, two, two times, two performances no. <laughs> in, uh, in Holmes and Watson of last year. But I will say you are a very open and generous actor, and it feels like you're really taking in the other person and really giving out yourself. And so I imagine that without that, because it really feels like you're kind of like turning yourself inside out and then getting a lot back from the other person. Right. And yeah. so without that getting back, uh, you're kind of going to have to find a new way in or yeah. a new way to you know, revamp that energy each time. Yeah, and like I say, that's that's what scares me because I've, I've never done that before, yeah. you know, and then it's, so there's that, and then there's 42 pages <laughs> um, where nobody else speaks but <laughs> but me. <laughs> um, but anyhow, the play that we're talking about is, um, it's called Circumference of a Squirrel. Yeah. And it's a, it's a play that, um, it's a, it's a University of Texas playwright who now lives in New York. His name is John Walsh. And um, he and my wife, uh, Katie Glenn, met when she was in grad school. They were in grad school together. Um, so she met him then, um, he and his wife. And this play is always, she's always had this, a copy of this play. Hmm. And the first time I read it, it went in the back of my head. I was like, okay, if I ever, if it ever happens that I that I get the chance to do a one-person show. This is this is going to be the show. So when Wheelhouse popped up, you know, and we started doing that, I was like, okay, what's this is now the perfect venue. Um, um, to, to find a, yeah. a spot to, to do this. So, so Wheelhouse was kind of like the, like, because I was going to ask, what's the why now? You know, because why, why at this point? Is it just that you felt like you feel comfortable enough to take a risk, or was it like burning in the back of your mind for so long? I think I think what happened was um, I turned fifty last year, and and I just at one point I just said to myself, okay, this is just childish, <laughs> you know, not being able to face your fears. Yeah, it's <laughs> it seems childish, you know, and silly. Um, and I'm like, because uh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go through the rest of my life saying, okay, th there's one thing I never did because it was too scary. Yeah. Um, I just don't want to. I don't want to have that, you know. So I think there's there's a sense of on the other side of it that feeling of accomplishment. Yeah. Is, it's huge. Um, so that's where, that's where that came from. I was like, it's time to <laughs> it's time to stop saying you can't. You can't do this. Yeah. Because I don't want to say that either. I don't want to say that there's something that yeah. I can do, but for whatever reason, the fear mostly, uh, I'm saying I can't. I can't and won't do it. And, and you've had, I mean, it's, it's basically like a string of monologues. And you've had monologues. You've had times where you're alone on stage. So you, True. you clearly have yeah. things to draw from. But maybe you're always, you know, you always know that someone else is going to come out and you're going to connect. And so now, I mean, you just kind of have to string all those moments together yeah. and make them a full thing. What, what's, a, what's a little tidbit from the show, like a little teaser for us? Because like, the circumference of a squirrel, it's a very interesting name. Like, it's very provocative. Yeah, what's so it's... Um, so the story revolves around, uh, the character's name is Chester. And, and in very simple terms, it's, it's, the, it's the journey of Chester's relationship with his father, mm -hmm. um, who is a, a horrible person. <laughs> he's a racist. He's a bigot. Um, he, you know, throughout the script, there are, there, are, there are lines and statements and phrases that he says that are sprinkled through that you just, you're left with, Holy crap! What's just? That's a horrible guy. Yeah. Um, and then that. So then that's what Chester is face to face with. It's like you can't choose your family. Right. 
you, the only thing you can choose is how you deal with them and, and how you love them. So it's really him coming to terms with a hatred of his father mm. and then trying to... Sort of navigate that. Yeah, try to navigate through that. Um, mm. So, and then the where the title comes in is... Um, one of Chester's early memories is his father pushing him on a tire swing and uh, getting uh, bitten by a squirrel <laughs> on the ankle. His father. Okay. Um, so, and so instead of getting rabies, he got this incredible fear of squirrels. Okay. His father. Yeah. So then, of course, having seen this whole thing, experienced this whole thing with his father, Chester has the same fear. Naturally. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's two men with the same fear who, couldn't, who are radically different people, and but it's the connected. story of them. How do, they, how do, in the end, they come together? Um, and... Uh, he Chester makes a huge. It's it's a huge arc. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, you have forty two pages. You know, and it's it really is the thing that I love about good playwriting is that a character is radically different at the end than they were in the beginning. Yeah. And if you can, if and then so the 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 test and the challenge for us as actors is how do we how do we honestly show that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's uh, they're they're great characters. They're great voices. Chester's mom shows up. His ex-wife <laughs> is shows up. Um, his dad is a voice in there. Um, uh, Chester as a little kid yeah. is is in there. Um, so it, it really is like you say, just stringing along, scene by scene by scene, and then you know first finding the voices and then finding their characteristics yeah. of the characters. Um, you know. Yeah, you know, um, my my grad school, our uh, thesis was to write and act in a one-person show. Mm. And so that was like, so Rachel Rachel and I went to the same grad school at University of South Carolina, and that was both my class and her class's thesis was, it, it ended, it's only had to be like a 15-minute show, but yeah. it was our thesis, was to conceptualize. What a great idea. Create. Yeah, it was kind of interesting. Yeah. So you sort of, you get a real like glimpse into kind of who you are as an artist and who other people that you've time yeah are as artists yeah but you also sort of have this weird challenge that I don't think comes up I I would say that you having not done a one-person show is probably more of a norm than I think I, I think very few people do one-person shows right yeah uh, because it is scary and kind of weird and it you know it's, it, there's all these interesting um, especially if you're creating them things to navigate like uh, am I going to talk to another person? When I talk to another person, how do I do that? Do I turn right. my face this way and then turn my face that way? Do I, you know, just like cover my mouth? Like, how, how does this go about, you know? Which I imagine you'll, you'll uh, come across. You know, you'll have to ask yourself these questions. Yeah, because there are moments in the script where it's just, it's just a quick back and forth. Maybe, yeah. maybe five or six lines between characters. Yeah. And it's, you just, it's just that quick back and forth. So it's really all going to be about the vocal quality, yeah, you know, and then find you maybe finding a, a, a physical body style, you know, bo- yeah, posture, gesture, shift. Who who's who's directing you in this? Uh, my wife. Oh. Yeah. See, that's perfect. Yeah. Um, cause I, well, I directed Rachel in uh, an Amish project, which is a one-woman show yep. out at Festival yeah. Theater, huh? and uh, I was just gonna say, I feel like there's a lot of uh, forgiveness needed. For both yourself and from the director, right? And who better than your wife for that? But also, like you got to push them at the same time. You got to encourage uh, there to be this growth because, and there's this huge bridge of trust because right. they are your completely your eyes. I mean, as an actor, there's always a bridge of trust between you and your director. But really, when it's just you on stage and you you're just relying on them completely, right? So. Yeah, well, there's already been that, that sense of frustration because I've already started working on yeah, the words. I was going to ask, yeah. And I was just talking to her the other night, and I was like, I, 
I don't know. It's like I kept saying, I don't know. I just, I mean, sometimes like you're learning lines and it's going well. And you're like, yeah. this is great. This is no problem. And then you can have a day where you just, it just doesn't, yeah. it doesn't get in there. Um, but like I say, that always, that always happens. Yeah. That's always, it's just a part of the process. And to get, I mean, the frustration is natural. Yes. Um, but you have to, you have to work past that frustration yeah. and, and just keep telling yourself, I got it. I know how to do this. <laughs> um, and luckily, fortunately, um, memorization has always been the easiest part. That's good. For me. And that's what astounds people when they ask. Yeah. You know, the common question is, how do you learn all those lines? And, you know, I think it frustrates people when I say, well, it's always been the easiest. That's the easiest part. That's good. Um, so knowing that I have that, yeah. um, that helps. That helps alleviate <laughs> I would say that's the definitely not the easiest part for me. Jeez, <laughs> yeah. uh, I always get to a point in the process when you're like learning, because you're learning the lines at the same time as you're learning the character, at the same time as you're like adding in backstory, at the yeah. same time as you're like fleshing everything out. It's not just that you sit and learn the lines and then you add all, you know, you, you, you're learning everything at once. I reach this point. It, always every single time from like 70 to 80 percent when i'm like 70 to 80 percent memorized that's when i like fall off a cliff and like hate the play right. hate myself <laughs> think i'm never gonna do this well and i just like fall off this cliff and then <laughs> you have to like climb back out on the other side it's like that's the canyon it comes yeah. consistently 70 to 80 percent every single play i've ever done that's what happened because then it's like yeah. that's when it becomes real work for me yeah. And the other times it's like fun and exciting or like uh, something carrot to pull me forward. But that is like consistently every time that's my like actor valley or whatever yeah. that I have to go through. Yeah. Over. And I love it that that's, that's probably across the whole creative spectrum. Oh, yeah. It's probably, the uh, you know, it's going to be the same. Yeah. Playwrights, authors, dancers, yeah. poets, what have you. That there's that point where... You just feel like you're the the worst creative person on the planet, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, Craig Johnson. Shoot, I wish I remembered the the study, but he he brought out this psychological study. He directed Boeing Boeing last year, and Craig had this psychological study, and it was this really beautiful map. And it's like there's four steps. Step one is like you start relatively high. Step two, you grow a little bit, you get a little higher. Step three, you fall off the cliff. Huh. And step four, you like make it back, not quite all the way to step one, but like in a better place maybe. Because in step one, you almost have like at the beginning, you almost have too high of expectations for sure. things. Sure, yeah. And, and then, but like, yeah, that every art, artistic endeavor goes through these steps. Is that at some point, you're gonna hit that low. And at some point, you're gonna be a little too high too. Like you're gonna think, this is too amazing, or this is too good, or mm -hmm. and you got to kind of bring it and find a happy medium, you know, find that realism. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, good luck for those of you who are listening. Uh, Circumference of a Squirrel plays April seventeenth through May second, so you still have a little time. Yeah. Still a little time, which is good. Yeah. Uh, oh, that was good. This is really. I love talking to artists about art because I just feel like it opens me up as an artist to hear other people's processes and struggles and things like that. Yeah. And to kind of like shine a light on the fact that like we all struggle. We all have uh, fears and, and things that are pushing us out of our comfort zone. And it's just life. You know, that's yeah, and I think it's, it's, um, it's useful to, to talk out loud about what we do and how we do it and why we do it. Um, and I think that's the great thing about this podcast is that, I mean, I think that that's something that, that our, our longtime audience and, and patrons, they get to see what we do, mm -hmm. but they don't always get to hear about the intricacies and the ins and outs of, of how we do it yeah. uh, and why we do it. So yeah. I think that's important. Yeah. All right. Uh, there's one thing I've been really excited to talk to you about. Yeah. Um, and so this is another part of what we do. Uh, and so you went, uh, last weekend, you went to the Park Square General Auditions. Mm -hmm. And for, for those of you who don't know what that is, that's where 
you get a bunch of uh, director producers come and sit in the audience and one by one you bring an actor up and they audition for you and, and you get like what two minutes mm -hmm. minute and a half yep. uh, two minutes two minutes yeah. and then and then they leave and based on those two minutes they decide whether they like you whether they want to call you back uh, it's the basic auditioning process for just about everything in the theater and I have a I I love it. I have a love hate relationship with it, but, <laughs> but in truth, uh, I love it. I really love auditions, and I love I do too. the weirdness of them, and I love how terrifying they are for everybody, including me, who enjoys them. Uh, but yeah, so I, I just want to talk to you about auditions yeah. because I, I. So how how were the Park Square auditions? Just like nuts and bolts. Like how was the experience for you? It's crazy. It's the, it's the craziest way to try to get a job um, because uh, it doesn't make sense. Right. And everybody in the room knows it doesn't make sense. Um, having, getting two minutes yeah. to pull. So it's two pieces. Yeah. It's, either, it's either a monologue or a song or two monologues that you get to do. So... It's pulling 45 seconds to a minute from some play and, and living 45 seconds of that character's life. In front of? In front of people you've people, yeah. never met who are incredibly intimidating. Um, <laughs> not trying to be, but right. it, just, it just is. Um, it's, it's the craziest way to, to try to get a job. Um, but like you say... Um, I just, I just love it. Um, and it's, it's something that, um, uh, so the, the audition trips that, that we take at the Commonweal um, are the Park Square Generals uh, in St. Paul. Um, we're going back to this year, the Twin Cities uh, Unified Auditions. So that's yeah. a larger group of people. Uh, but then our largest trip is to Memphis, Tennessee, and we go to the Unified Professional Theater Auditions, and we'll see about a thousand people in four days. Oh, man. Um, but as I said, it's um, uh, it's it's crazy to love it as much <laughs> as I do. And um, so here's how I fell into it. Uh, so so Hal Krupp and Scott Dixon were taking the trips yeah. uh, in the past, um, and they'd done it together for years. Um, and then, unfortunately, when Scott uh, got sick um, and unable to travel, they were looking for someone to, to go with Hal. And the obvious choice was Adrian, right. um, because Hal and Adrian are married, and it just makes sense for them to travel together. Um, and Adrian hates it. <laughs> Adrian, actually, Adrian hates watching people audition. Um, so sense. when, so when I stepped forward and I was like, Hey, I would love to just maybe on, maybe not all of the trips, but yeah. maybe can I go to park squares? Sure. Adrian came to my desk and she's like, you're going to all of them. You, it's perfect. It's a perfect team. It's, it's you and a towel. And so I'm out. That's you're, you're going to all of them. Of course. Um, so that was, uh, this is my fourth year, okay. um, of doing it with Hal, um, so the, the nuts and bolts of it is, uh, at Park Square uh, specifically, uh, it's, it's a room, where, you know, we're in the, in the main stage yeah. theater space. Um, and it's probably, I want to say maybe 12, 12 companies this year. Okay. Uh, 12 companies, and then I think there are maybe five or six like freelance yeah. directors as well. Um, so you're in a room, uh, from nine to five, mm -hmm. uh, you get an hour lunch break. Um, and sitting it's just, <laughs> you know, you're sitting, uh, you're sitting in the theater and one by one, you know, people come in, they, they come down, they take the stage, yeah. they, uh, they, they give us their name, uh, and they introduce what piece, what character they're playing from what play they're from and then and then they just launch into it um yeah do you have 
any like so you have a unique perspective and I, I, I've gotten to do this a few times of like going to the other side of the table like you've been an actor so you've been out there seeing it you know like experiencing it now you're on the other side and you're seeing it yeah um, which side do you prefer what, what are your like what are your what are your thoughts um Actually, I love the, I love the producer side. It's kind of fascinating. It is, yeah. I mean, and I think it's because I've 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 done so many auditions. Yeah. You know, when I lived in Chicago, I was auditioning all the time. All the time. All the time. Every I mean, day. It's just like a part I mean, of your every job. Every day, it's, it's your job. Just, yeah. Um, so there's there's a point in in that process where you feel like I've got a pretty good handle on this. Right. You know, I, I can comfortably walk into a room and do what I need to do. And then when I leave, right. I can leave it in there. Mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about anything. I don't have to say, okay, maybe I'll get it. Maybe I won't. It's okay if I don't. Yeah. And if I don't, I'm going to move are. on to the next thing because, you know, I got this one tomorrow. Yeah. Um, so you get to that point where you're like, all right, I'm pretty, pretty good at this. Yeah. It's a whole other ball game sitting through hundreds of them. Right. Um, you have to refresh yourself. And, and, and trying to not see, like get into their heads, you know, but, but really try. I mean, you can, you can, you know, like within five seconds. Yeah. Well, that is, that's the thing, because that's advice that young actors hear fairly often. They'll know within the first 10 or 15 seconds, whether they want you or not. And I think as an actor, on, you know, being on stage, I was like, that's not possible. That's not possible because I've got two whole minutes right. of material that I have prepared. There's no way they can know. And when you step onto the other side of the table, you're like, oh, I know. 10 seconds yep. in or five seconds in. I mean, yeah. just, Or even before know. they speak. Even I mean, sometimes you know when they're walking in to the room. It's like how are they how are they interacting mm-hmm. as themselves? Yeah. When they just when you're just walking into the room. Just so that's in. what you know I think that's what you know I'm teaching um, our apprentice class here um, audition tips and, yeah. and techniques yeah. and I'm using so much of that oh, to help them and it's like it's you're on stage from the moment they the moment those producers see you. Yeah. You're on. You're on stage. Like you just as. Then when you launch into the character, then I'm watching. Can you become? Can you honestly portray this other, mm-hmm. this other entity? Um, you know, and and some people will walk in a room, and I'm just going to the next resume. Yeah. You know, and then if I'm on the next resume, and here's here's what both Hal and I appreciate is. If you can make me look up from the next resume, mm. like if I've, if I've already written you off and I go, well, I've seen you before, I'm going to go to the next resume. So I'm in the next resume and they start their piece. And if something happens that makes me look up, that's when I go, all right, that person's got something that I need to see more of. So that's what, so that's what happens in Memphis when yeah. we get to actually we get I mean, to actually call people back again. We get to see them a second time mm-hmm. later that night. So I want to focus on that moment of like, what makes you look up? Like, so what are, what, what do you, how would you describe what it is that makes you look up? I mean, is it a moment of honesty or is it when, like, what, what, what is it that hooks you in? So, so it's a couple of things. Um, the, the first thing is if there's if there's something that's radically different hmm. from the person that walks in. Okay. Okay. Like you know, if I if I watch this twenty two year old girl walk mm-hmm. in, I go, oh, I've seen her before. There's a thousand of her exactly like her. Yeah. So in my brain, I've moved on. Mm-hmm. Well, that twenty two year old girl gets up and starts her piece. And if she does something, it's so tricky. If she does something that says, this is radically different from uh-huh. every other 22-year-old girl you've ever seen, 
that's when I. So mm-hmm. it could be something in the tone of voice. Yeah. It could be. It could be a, a moment of stillness. Yeah. I mean, the people that, um, the people that slate their name and their pieces, and then there's a moment of stillness, before like they that. start. I was like that. That's that's when I go. What's happening? Yeah. You know. So now you've got my attention, and then when they get into it, then you're like, oh, that's really, that's really great. Yeah. Because you know, like you say, that's maybe a moment of honesty. Yeah. That they're breathing their way in, as opposed to just going through it to get right. to get it over. Forcing with. it or muscling it or something. I, I feel like what I'm looking for, and again, I haven't been there as much as you, but what I'm always looking for is just, I just want to see you be as human as possible in whatever circumstances your play is. You know, yeah. it, it, there are a million different circumstances in a million different plays, but I just want to see you just be real. Yeah. Just be a real person on stage doing something yeah yeah so for instance for example um at this last sunday at in saint paul um there's this young girl kind of a little waif of a thing um and she gets up there and she wasn't she wasn't stage whispering but it was as if the other person was right was right there like right in front of her. So her voice kind of lightened a little bit and dropped in, in quality. And I mean, you, the stillness among the producers was really great because you could have heard a pin drop. Yeah. You know, and it's like, that's when you know, it's like everybody, all of us on the other side, we're like leaning in <laughs> a little farther, you know, because it's, it's just that, it's that quality. It's like, yeah. well, Wow. I mean, because every you're producer not, you're has not like a pen. at the top of your voice, you know, and you're not, you're not belting your song. Yeah. You know, it's like you're really, you're really acting as if there's another person up yeah. there. Um, and that's, so that's what I'm telling our apprentices this year is like, you have to, it's the hardest thing in the world to do. Um, but you have to imagine that there's another person up there with you. Yeah, so for those of you who don't know, with the monologues, obviously you're just doing, it's just one, it's just you, and 99% of monologues, all the good monologues, you're talking to someone, you're trying to get someone, right. some, something from someone. So you, you really just have to imagine a human being, you have to create a human being in front of us, both as yourself and then out there in the world. Yeah. Um, but yeah. then, uh, an audition cycle like Memphis, <laughs> you... <laughs> as 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 a producer and and casting director you it you have to physically mentally gear yourself up for this day because it's 4 days and you're going to see hundreds of people a day i mean so in 4 days we're going to see like 975 people um and then that's during the day and then in the evening, we have the opportunity to to ask people to come in. Basically, that's the job interview. Yeah. That's telling them more about the Commonwealth as a company, um, about the apprentice class yeah. program, and then what the what the performance options offerings are uh, for the year. So, you know, it turns out to be this like 12, 14 hour day. Yeah. Um, and it's four, four days in a row. <laughs> um, what? So that callback—that's like basically getting a second interview. I mean, that's like what we all, as actors, are hoping for. We're hoping for this callback. Uh, you know, oftentimes uh, at places not here, it can happen more than once. I mean, you really don't, at the updos, you get one, one callback, really. Right. What What are you looking for in that? I mean, is it? I mean. What are you looking for of the people who come in to that room to do the callback? What do you, what do you hope that they bring with them? Because really, I mean, this is another piece of advice that people always give that is actually true. Right. But is that every producer or director wants you to be the answer to their question. Right. They all want you to be the best person for the part. They want right. you to walk in and like blow them away so they can be like, I'm done. I'm done with my job. Right. I'm done for the day. And that people don't think it's true, but it totally it is. It is, yeah. They want you to do so well. <laughs> so yeah, what is it? Yeah, what, what that's makes true. You... Well, I think the thing that that 
you know, because you're seeing so many people, um, but but the the people that get a callback from Hal and I, you know, number one, it's it's both Hal and I think that there's there's at least a shred of talent. Mm-hmm. You know, there is something that we saw that was like, oh yeah, we we should probably see that person yeah. again. So there's that, um, and then specifically for us, um, it's. You know, living in the community and the the place in Minnesota that we live in, it's finding people who can who can say, okay, for ten months, I'm going to go to this rural part of Southeast Minnesota <laughs> and learn how to be a better actor, yeah. and and also help this theater company out. Um, so it's finding the people that that not convincing them, but making sure that they know what they're yeah what they're getting, getting into. into. That we're not in Minneapolis, we're not in St. Paul. We're not in Chicago. Right. Um, it's a different style. It's a different style of living, yeah. you know. But then we're also looking for what do we need on stage from them. So specifically this year, there's there's a musical aspect to One Man Two right. Governors. That's right. Uh, that pretty much everybody in that cast <laughs> has to have some form of musical talent. Right. Um, that then Stella, as musical director, can can come in and formulate and work with and mold into um, the creation of yet another <laughs> band on the Commonwealth stage. Yeah. Um, so it's it's finding you know it's it's finding people that can do that. So you're sussing out right. you're sussing out musical talent and skills. Yeah. Um, there's a certain amount of confidence, and there's also a certain amount of humility. I feel like like the ability to be confident in what you can do. And the humility to know that you are coming here to learn. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's there's that a weird balance, which I think is true of any actor. Right. Honestly, like yeah. you want that confidence. You don't want someone who's going to be like, well, I don't know if I can do it. You want someone who's going to say, I'm the person for the job. Exactly. And at the same time, and I'm going to be a good collaborator. I'm going to work with you. Yeah. That's so that's so then that's what the callback is. You know, we we've, yeah. we've seen something in their audition in their. I think they have. I think they have three minutes. Oh yeah. In in Memphis, or maybe two and a half. Pretty good. Um, so we've seen something that at least sparks an interest. Yeah. And then, like you say, the then later in the evening, that's our chance to yeah. get to to talk to people one on one, and then you, then you're finding out who is this person as a person, because <laughs> um, that's the other thing, you know. We all have to, you know, we all have to live and work together for the next ten months, you know. And if, you know, if there's if there's somebody like you say that's that's not gonna come in and yeah. give it all every day, it's like I don't, I don't, have, we don't have time. Right. We don't have time for those people. For um, right? Yeah. So it's it's really kind of digging in and, and peeling away who some really who someone really is. And again. You only have we only have fifteen minutes right. to do that because you're interviewing and asking questions, and then we're gonna have them read, you know, read from from the plays that that they would be in. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just a it's such a weird it's process. a it's a weird crazy thing. <laughs> but like I say, and to come back to it, I just I love it. You know, I just I love. You know, and it's such a, in Memphis, it's just, it's such a great spirit in the room, you know, yeah. and it's, and then we're all in the same hotel, you know, so, you know, yeah. you're, you're seeing the producers that you're in the room with and you're seeing the people that are auditioning for you. Right. And it's just, there's just this such great spirit of, of theater, you know, and it's like, wow, theater is vibrant. There are a lot of people that are doing it right. and there are a lot of people who who want to learn more about it and who who want to work and we're on their side. Yeah. It's like we want you we want you to succeed. Yeah. Um, we want you to have the best audition that you can, yeah. so that we we have too many people to call back. You know right. that's the other that's the flip it's side. It's like you can go through fifty people and be like, there's not one of them. That's fitting what I need. That's that's doing it. Yeah. You know, but then you'll have a group and it's like, you get seven. Yeah. I was like, oh, thank God. Because um, that's what we're there to do. It's like yeah. we are there to, to, to find the next group of, 
of Commonweal talent. Yeah. You know, and it's 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 so exciting, and it's crazy to say that that there, it's so much fun. There is so much energy in a room of auditions. It's like, so much fun when you're in the waiting room, waiting to go on. People are literally buzzing. Like it's like molecules that are just like shaking, vibrating with so much energy. Yeah. Because there's just this. That's what I love about it. There's this fear and tension, and out of it inevitably triumph and failure, and like this sort of beautiful cycle. And hopefully, the failure leads you to grow. Yeah. And the triumph also leads you to grow, and that you just it just keeps you know this rejuvenating cycle. Of yeah. Theater. <laughs> <laughs> this maybe isn't appropriate, and maybe <clears throat> I, I just want to ask if you have any horror stories from either side of the table, like times that you've been like. Why did I do that? Or at times that you're seeing where you're like, oh, that's a little, that's a little rough. So, so there are two things. Uh, the first one be. is from from my own experience um, when I auditioned. So to get into grad school, yeah, um, you there's a screening process, and it's called a unified resident theater audition yeah, or something like that. Yeah. Um, so so when I decided I was going to go to grad school. I actually like picked the schools that that I wanted to go to, um, and I was so bold. I just I really tossed all my eggs into one basket, and I was like, I want to go to the University of Iowa. So I moved to Iowa City oh. to establish residence. <laughs> that is bold. So then, so then I go to. Um, uh, so I go to Chicago to go to Erda's, and um, I bombed. I bombed my screening audition. And I walked out of the room, and I said, that, that was horrible. Yeah, yeah. And it still, still gives me chills. It's like, yeah. it's just, that was, that, that was awful. So I didn't get through. I didn't get. So so in the screening auditions, you go you go to a panel of like four or five people. Right, as opposed to seeing the. As opposed to seeing people. all of the yeah. all of the producers or mm-hmm. you know chairs of graduate programs that are that are in the larger audition. Um, so these these four or five people see your audition, and then they are the ones that say either you know unanimously or otherwise you're in, you're in or you're out. Um, so I was out and uh, I was devastated. I was like, oh my God, what have I just done? Right, like you just moved to What have I done? (laughs) Um, so, um, uh, so speaking of bold things, uh, I, I walked to the, the hotel that all the, casting people were staying at and I found the chair of the department at the University of Iowa and I went up (laughs) and knocked on his door and he opens the door and I say I just wanted to introduce myself tell you who I am here's my story I I did not make it through uh, to the to the general um, but I I'm still interested in in the program, and I'd love to at some point get a chance to show you what I can really do. So he thanked me, and he said, "Give me your phone number, and when we get back to Iowa City, I'll give you a call." So we get back to Iowa City, and it's like a month later. Right, and at this point, and you're like. And he gives me a call, and he's like, do you have an hour or so on such and such a day? I did, and I went, I went and auditioned again for just him. Wow. And we spent the next hour and a half together. Wow. He's, he's auditioning me. He's walking me around the theater. He's introducing me to, like, like staff and and faculty members, yeah. Um, and then and then three weeks later, 
he calls and offers me a position in the class. And I just go... <laughs> I have to say, this is the most like uplifting story so of bombing and auditioning it's I've like, ever heard. It's the, yeah, it's like, as I retell it, it's like, you, you just, it's something that, like, telling a story, you relive it. Yeah. And it's just like, it's one of those things where this... I was, you know... At that point, after an audition like that, you're just devastated. Oh, yeah. What? And because of the circumstances around it, uh, um, you know, and then you just, and then at that point, you're at rock bottom. You're just like, yeah. well, what do I do? What's, what's the next thing that I have to do? Yeah. So, okay, well, I'm just going to go to this guy's hotel room and knock on the door and just <laughs> screw it, see what happens, you know? So, these, so that's what happens. <laughs> that's amazing. That is amazing. Yeah. Like, that's a really good, like, alternative to, you know, the go home and drink it out or whatever. You know, like Exactly. What you do or my career's over. You know, just, you, you know, I can't, so, you know, you just scrap grad school altogether. Yeah. These, these screening auditions, uh, the second time, so I did Erdos twice. This is the, the Unified Resident Theater auditions. I did them twice. First time I made it through, got it waitlisted, decided not to do it. Yeah. Second time, I was living in New York at the time, and I was, went, so I went to the New York auditions, and I, I used you know these pieces that I've been working on, and I got screened out, same as you, and yeah. I was, I was like, I would alternate through weeping or like walking around, and I like, I remember walking around New York, furious, <laughs> so angry, and then like would be so depressed the next yeah. day. And Rachel, my wife, was walking with me, and they actually, so they have now a screening audition, and if you don't make it through the screening audition, they have an additional audition that you can go to. It's not the generals. Oh. It is like a last chance audition, yeah. essentially. And not the, the, the theater, the resident uh, companies aren't required to attend, but they can if they want to. And you only get one minute, you only get one piece. And I was like, I'm not, I am that is stupid. I am not going to do this. And Rachel like walked with me the whole, I can't remember, like two hours in the cold and was like, hey, you know what? You're going to go yeah. and you're going to do it. And you know what you're going to do? You're just going to connect with someone. You're just going to get there and connect. And so I finally calmed down and I did it. I did those auditions and I got like four callbacks and I went to grad school. I got an offer from the University of South Carolina because yeah. of that audition. But I was also screened out, which is so... Yeah. It, that moment of it like, is. it's like you're a roller coaster. Just, yeah. Oh, it just feels like the bottom yeah, drops he's out like, of you. I don't know what to do. And you come out of it knowing. You come out of it like knowing whether you like right away they tell you whether you've been screened out. Like yeah. you have to wait for like ten minutes or something outside. But like and yeah. you also come out knowing kinda of like, Well, I messed that up. Like yeah. I did not fear got the better of me or my nerves or whatever. Yeah. Oh, it's such a sinking feeling. Yeah. <laughs> so then on the other side, so watching, um, so this was my third year at Park Square Generals, and um, it's, you know, basically you're seeing the same people year after yeah. year. Um, so there's, there's this one guy that this, he's, you know, all three years, uh, he, I, I guess he fancies himself as a playwright, actor, actor, playwright. Gotcha. Um, so he writes... He writes solo shows for himself, himself to perform. Could be good. So could be bad. <laughs> these are the the pieces, the monologues that he does are from his plays. So three years in a row, he's done the same. He's done the same two pieces. Uh, that's tough. And there's nothing new. There's nothing, there's nothing different. Uh, That's tough. And I just go, it's, it's, I don't know, it's, it's sad. It's, it's, it's disheartening. Cause like I say, we, yeah. you know, we were on your side. We want you yeah. to do well, but it's, it's the lesson of the, the pieces that you're choosing. Mm -hmm. Well, and somebody it, has somebody has to help these people, right? Well, you we know, all need an outside eye, right? We need someone watching us. Choosing what they're us. doing. Um, yeah, I, and and it is really hard since he's done it for three years. It's really hard to keep a piece fresh 
and avoid stagnation over the course of three years. Like, at some point, you have to right. cycle out your audition monologues and put in new ones that you just connect with. Like, yeah. even that initial spark, it's, that initial connection can be so powerful. And it's really hard to keep things from stagnating for, like, three or four years. Yeah. So here's another horrible story that actually flipped <laughs> to be really fantastic. Okay. Um, we'll end on this so, one. So we'll end again. on this one. Uh, this was, part, this was um, Uptas in Memphis, I think, not last year, but two years ago. Um, this young guy comes out. He's maybe number 300-something of, of 975. So he, he comes out, um, introduces himself in his pieces, Starts in and loses it. Just like goes, goes up. up. His lines. Yeah, so yeah. goes up means he forgot his lines. Yeah. So he That's goes up um, and he stops. Huge pause. So he re racks. The timer's still going. Yeah. You know, they, they don't restart the timer, so he's got time against him. Starts in again, drops it again, goes up again. So he's like, at this point, He's now freaking out. Yeah. So somebody in the room, some casting director, yelled out, "Restart the stopwatch. Oh. Let him, let him start again. Start his time over." And that was, you know, we all agreed. Like, yeah, give him, give him another shot. We give him another shot, and he still, oh, no. he still can't get it. Oh no. Um. So he stops and just leaves. He just left the stage. So then there's this awkward silence of, okay, well, what happens next? So, well, then the next person just, right. just goes. So um, this was pretty early in the day. So end of the day, we're all exhausted. Um, it's, I don't know, maybe around 4 or 5 o'clock. This kid had come back. He'd, went, he'd gone from the... So the auditions happened at the Playhouse on the Square, yeah. which is miles away from the hotel. So this kid had bombed his audition, went back to the hotel, at 5 o'clock comes back and says, can I, can I audition the last slot? So the producer of the whole shebang, of the whole Uptas, his name's Michael Detroit, he comes out and he goes, so-and-so has come back. He's, he's got himself put back together. Is it okay if we let him audition? And the whole room starts to applaud. And we're like, yes, holy crap, yes, yes, yes. So this kid comes back. I'm getting chills. Yeah. This kid comes back on and, you know, he doesn't knock it out of the park. Yeah. Um, but he comes back on and he finishes his audition. And when he walked off stage, we all, uh, there, was another, there was another round of applause. And it just, again, it just speaks to the spirit in the room. And it's like, we, we all get it. Yeah. Like, 90% of us in the room have been on that side and we yeah. realize how terrifying it is, how absurd it is and that that's going to happen and that, you know, and all it adds is another two minutes to our day and it's right. like, yes, if the guy wants another chance, he, he just gets it, you know, he gets that chance. Um, you know, so it's just, you know, just thinking of the, the ups and the downs yeah. of the whole thing, and oh man, that's that's a great story. Yeah, that yeah it is, is like, a great story. That is like yeah. a it was a great theater, feeling. Theater, yeah, the community. It's, we're yeah, all in it together. We're all, we've all been. Yeah, there and again, it's that spirit of that spirit of I'm gonna go back. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna it's go back. I'm, I'm gonna go back, and I'm gonna I'm gonna try to get my shot. Yeah. And if I don't get it, I don't get it. Stay with it. But he came back and he got a shot. And who knows? Can. He's probably working somewhere. Right. You know if who he knows? Keeps up with that spirit. You know. Right? So if he keeps up with that yeah. Tenacity. But it's you know those are the ones out of a thousand people. Yeah. Those are the ones that you that you remember. 
So great. so great. Jerry, I could talk to you for another <laughs> this hour. This is great. At some point, people are going to stop listening to the podcast. So. <laughs> we'll just cut it off there. This has been Jeremy Van Meter. I'm just Sal Lovenstein. Keep in mind, Circumference of a Squirrel by John Walsh. Jeremy's one-person show that he is you doing April 17th through May 2nd. you got to go get tickets for yeah. it. Uh, they'll be up on the website. Yeah, thanks so much for thanks, listening. Thanks, man. What a treat. Yeah. yeah. To buy tickets to any Commonweal Theater show, head to commonwealtheater.org. Once again, that's commonwealtheater.org. There you can buy tickets. You can check out our blog, Drama Unfolds. You could get a season pass for the 2020 season for yourself and some for your friends. There's still a few left. We've got a lot of great shows this year. You don't want to miss a single one. And once again, our website is commonwealtheater.org. I'm Josiah Lobenstein, and thanks for listening.